This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So I'm back. Catherine Whittaker's back. Matt's gone. Oh, no. Catherine, Matt's gone. And they've got to make do with me. What a shame. However, we've still got lots of tennis to talk about. And this is still the Tennis Podcast. We've had quite a day. I come to you from the tournament director's office at the Queen's Club, home of the Fever Tree Championships, which starts in a couple of weeks' time. I've got blue sky and grass courts outside my window. Catherine, a very different sight to what I think you've probably got right now at the end of another tumultuous day at the French Open. Well, I am sat in the exact position that Matt and I have recorded so many podcasts uh, this fortnight at the French Open, but alas, I am sat alone drinking a lonely beer, sniff, sniff. I know, hearts hearts are bleeding for me the world (laughs) over. Um, But yet there's a party going on outside in the outdoor area of the media restaurant, so Matt left just just before the party. Oh, maybe no. it's a, maybe it's a party to celebrate his departure. I don't know who he annoyed, oh, but um, it's the first party I've witnessed. Party I've witnessed in these parts for quite some time. Maybe they're just big Marquette von Drusheva fans, and frankly, who wouldn't be? No, well, who wouldn't be after the performance she has just put in? Don't worry, folks. We're also going to talk about Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Uh, the fact that they've won through and they're going to meet for a thirty-ninth time. We'll cover all of that. Um, but yeah, what, why don't we start? there because that's the match that has just finished I should say by the way uh, after waiting all day for the tennis to finish and Catherine and myself to be able to get on a a conversation to bring this edition of the tennis podcast to you we've resolved that next year we need to send Matt for the whole two weeks uh, because it it seems to work pretty well when he's there however I I get my chance to talk to you I've been statless today David statless Oh dear. I've, I've tried from afar, but, uh, but no, not, not been much help, uh, compared to him. Now, uh, Marketa Von Drus, Von or Von Drusova, what are we calling it? I go John, Von Drusova with a little okay. bit of a shush, shush sound on oh. the S. Okay, right. Well, we're, we're yeah, doing that. Yeah, I think, okay. I think that sounds good. Okay. So she has just beaten Petra Martic in, in a quite beguiling match. 
I, I've watched so much of that over the last couple of hours, and it's like every single rally was a little a little masterpiece all of its own because of the way they they just go about their tennis, hitting slices and angles and lofted balls and coming in and hitting drop volleys and and just remarkable spins. They they don't play tennis the way people play tennis most of the time in 2019. Yeah, I was watching that match, imagining how much the uh, the old folks of tennis would have been enjoying it. You know, how many years now, how many decades have we been hearing, you know, Pat Cash's and Martina Navratilova's longing for, for variety to come back into fashion with tennis? <laughs> and it feels like they chocked 20 years' worth of slice and dice tennis into into that one quarterfinal out on long then unfortunately not a full long then um i wish it had been it deserved to be i mean the, those that were in there made it feel full because they were loving it so much it was a more than two hour long a two-set match and it so could have gone to three von drusheva tried to serve it out at five four and hit one of the worst double faults. I mean, I know outcome-wise a double fault is a double fault, but this one, I mean, it almost should have cost her two points. It was such... It was one of yours, David. It practically bounced before the net. <laughs> and I could almost feel the leadenness of her racket arm from... Uh, from. Well, I was actually only metres away. I was waiting in the bunker because I did the, uh, the flash interview with her after the match. So um, we had arrived there at you know, when she was leading with a break and was starting to settle in for a third set, but she pulled it out the bag. She really pulled it out the bag. Mm. And uh, yes, I, I can confirm that that is a serve that I've hit on many occasions, including <laughs> against Catherine when it was at a particularly tense stage of our 12-10 uh, match tie break in 2014, the only time we've ever played tennis against one another. So, so that puts uh, Marketa... Von Drusheva, 19 years of age, into the semi-finals against Johanna Conta of Great Britain. I mean, what a story that is. She has absolutely thrashed Sloane Stephens for the loss of five games. And, and I, I, can't quite, I can't quite believe I'm saying that anyway because of the fact that, you know, this is just not a, a storyline that we would have expected coming into the year. But I heard the way you, the three of you, Mary Carrillo and, and Matt, were talking about the tennis of Sloane Stevens last night. We, we've all agreed that she is one of the two or three best players in the world when her game is on, arguably the best. And, I, I, I mean, it was a lengthy first game. And then I, I looked up and I had a little chat with somebody who was in this office that I'm talking to you from now. And that, t- that chat took 10 minutes. I looked up again <laughs> and it was 6-1. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. It was a, um, you know, I'm ashamed to say that I was waiting for Joe Conta to blink. I was waiting for it to blink and and open the door a fraction for Sloane Stevens. And I thought if she'd done that, Sloane Stevens would probably have run through that door. And it didn't happen. And I'm blown away by the fact that it didn't happen. And, you know, Von Drusheva and Conta, as much as their names that I'm not sure any of us put in the semi-finals. Did you put them in? I mean, if I will, I will, I will analyse our prediction spreadsheet closely. But I, for one, can say I didn't have those two in the semi-finals. No. But they've played. They've played the best tennis in that half of the draw. They've played the best tennis. Yeah, it's without not a question. fluke, is it? 
There's no, no flute, it's not, there's no luck here at all. No. These two have just played such clean yeah. tennis. And, you know, Chrissy Everett said in Eurosport commentary today that that tennis from Joe Conta would have beaten anyone today. Sloane Stevens looked shocked. I thought she really looked shell-shocked by what, what came at her. It was just first-strike tennis. And look, we all know the deal with that kind of tennis. If it goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. But if it goes right, it's pretty much unplayable. Not even the retrieval skills of, of Sloane Stevens could, could make inroads today. It was, it was masterful, absolutely masterful from Joe Conter and she looked she looked in the aftermath and when she came to press like she was really able to enjoy it and appreciate it and I don't know whether that's because there's an element of bonus to it all that it's not as if she's just sort of achieving what she expected or or put pressure on herself to achieve she's you know it's all a little bit unexpected I don't know what it is but I'm pleased to see signs that she's really savoring this because she she deserves to yeah uh, and actually just to to further the the words you mentioned of Chris Everett I was listening to that commentary and she, she said it was one of the best clay court matches ever and Chris Everett has won the French Open seven <laughs> times. <laughs> this woman has seen some tennis. This woman has played some tennis. And I, I, I'm look. I'm sure there is a an element of of just the moment about about that sort of comments because you, you, when you watch tennis like that, you do get swept away. But then you actually look at the the nuts and bolts of what we witnessed, and it's hard to imagine anybody playing better than that. And um, the thing is now she's up against a player in, in Von Drusheva who Everett also said in the opening to your program today that she is convinced that this woman will win a Grand Slam tournament. And, and it really does whet the appetite, doesn't it? I mean, just to say, I, I had Von Drusheva in the quarters, but I thought she would lose ultimately. I thought Kiki Burton's would come did, did through you ha- Did you have a losing draw. to Petra Martic, David? <laughs> I had a losing, put it that way, uh, before she before the semi-finals. But no, I, I didn't. I didn't go on that particular match. I, I thought Von Drusheva would would get get it past Martic in the end. But that that was a brilliant match. Conta, incidentally, on on the subject of of the way she looked, I, I noticed on the court in the on court interview afterwards, she just looked delirious with, with happiness, as you say, just in quite disbelieve can't quite believe how wonderful this moment is and and i'm sure the fact that she's had the lows over the last couple of years has has contributed to that to make her feel like oh you know i didn't know whether this was going to happen again (laughs) i heard most of what you just said david there was a rather large uh loud french announcement with jingle they love an announcement with a jingle in these parts that drowned you out a little there but i think i got the gist and yeah I, i I, 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 it was a joy today. It was an absolute joy. And, you know, on one hand, I think I look at the matchup between Contra and Von Drusheva and I think, wow, you know, Von Drusheva's game is just so different to anything Contra's faced thus far. But then Stevens was something really different to what she had faced thus far. Her two previous opponents, Contra's, had been players with, with lovely ball striking ability, but that didn't hit the ball that well. You know, uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, hit the ball that well. Didn't move that well that was what was sorry Matt that's those were the two just sort of defining traits of both Kuzmova and Donna Vekic lovely ball strikers but not great movers I mean the absolute opposite for, for Sloane Stevens well Sloane Stevens is a great ball striker and a great mover I thought Sloane Stevens would just 
retrieve too many balls today um, yeah. for, for Conte. So the fact that she's beaten such different styles of opponents already makes me think maybe, maybe. But she's mm. she's going to have to hunker down for some drop shots, isn't she? And be patient. That's the key. And I feel like that's the key that's got her this far, to not not worry about everything going her way or being played on her terms, to be a bit more mentally flexible. So mm. if she can bring that against This coach has been part Fondrusheva, of that as well, hasn't he? Yeah, bless him. <laughs> Bless Dmitry Zavilov, probably still in 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 shell shock after his experience with the press yesterday. It was probably less stressful for him watching Joe Conte's semi final uh, quarter final than it was uh, facing the British media yesterday. But I do I do think he's been crucial, and you know thinking more about about what he said yesterday because it took a bit of digesting because because you know it didn't come out. It didn't come out what he had to say in very digestible form, but actually there was really interesting insight in there. And it's it's the sort of approach to coaching. Do you remember a chat we had at the Australian Open maybe last year with Jez Green about Alexander Zverev and about coaching in general and the fact that you can only do a good job of coaching if you're not worried about getting fired. Mm. And there are... There are a lot of coaches out there that I think part of their MO is trying to vin- convince players how essential they are, how they they couldn't be doing what they're doing without them, without them in their corner, that they're somehow fundamental to, to, what, to what the player themselves is doing. Well, Dmitry Zavilov, his approach seems to be almost, you know, bordering on talking himself out of a job. You know, the sort of, the not quite mind games, I think that's too... Um, too negative a slant to put on it the you know the way he sort of plants ideas in her head and lets her come to, come to things herself and lets her lets her, her have autonomy over herself yeah. that's you know well I mean Mary Carillo said it yesterday didn't she you, you, it's like parenting you know you've done your job when you make yourself redundant or you make at least make your child slash charge feel like you're redundant and I think I think that's a really interesting mental dynamic. And I do think, you know, I'm loath to say he's the secret of her success or anything because I think she's the secret to her own success. But I think he has absolutely nailed the approach to that coaching relationship. Yeah. I've seen these two players, Von Drusheva and uh, Conta play each other twice. And the first one was a win for Von Drusheva on hard courts, I think Indian Wells last year. Um, and that was straight sets. The second one was in Rome uh, a, f- a couple of weeks ago, and and Conta won handily. Frankly, Vondrusheva was on fumes. She she'd put so much into her previous rounds, and she'd just got nothing left in the tank. And that's nothing not to take away anything from from Conta, but. It was. It just wasn't the match we were expecting at all. There were no drop shots. We were expecting a hundred drop shots from Vondrusheva because that's what we'd seen in the previous round. And it was Conta hitting all the drop shots. So it'll be very interesting. I, I can imagine. I love this that being though. Really it's close. almost a kind of. Well, I don't want her to drop shot me, so I'm going to drop shot her first. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was, and it was. Oh, I'm so really, up for that really on, on Thursday. Uh, this will be this will be a way better match though because they're both fresher, they're both in form, and uh, I think we I think we could be looking at a ten eight in the third. I really do. Oh, yes, please. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Now, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal (laughs) are going to face each other in the semi-finals of the French Open in a couple of days' time. And, and, and let me just tell you a few, a few stats here, just, just to put this into perspective. Roger Federer has not played the French Open for four years. He has suddenly, at the age of nearly 38, reached the semi-finals. He's up against a guy in Nadal who's beaten Kei Nishikori in straight sets today. Nishikori, there wasn't a lot left of him, for, quite honestly, after his five-set exploits the last couple of days. Nadal has a 23-15 record against Federer. Nadal has a 5-0 record against Federer at Roland Garros. But Federer has won their last five meetings. He hasn't beaten him for five years, Nadal. It, there's just so much to this. And, and I, I find myself just in disbelief that we're going to get to see this match again at Roland Garros. Is Matt Roberts inside your brain, David? Th- or have you... <laughs> He's, lent, he's just, lent me his head. Are you just reading out the Tennis Podcast Twitter feed? No. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've just sort of borrowed his intelligence for a couple of hours. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, look, there are so many poetic quotes coming out from both of them about it. Federer said, I, be, I think in French he said this, if I, if I came back to play on clay, it must have been to play Rafa you know there's a there's a feeling Federer seems to be bigging up the sense of destiny about this all I mean I'd like to think that he's more of a logical person than than to, than to believe in destiny but it's easy you it's don't so believe easy. in destiny I do not David I do not <laughs>
<laughs> we were destined to be on the that podcast was, together. That will, that no. will su- surprise no one. Um, but I, I totally understand why how easy it is to get swept up in the romance of it all and to suddenly find yourself believing in destiny. You know, Nadal said about Federer in his press conference, we shared the most important moments of our career together on court facing each other. There's another episode of this. Let's try to be ready for it. You know, they're, they're loving it, David. They're both absolutely <laughs> loving the fact that this is happening, for sure. Yes. I mean, in terms of their matches today, I, I didn't see... I mean, I saw practically zero of Nadal versus Nishikori. What, I, <laughs> what impression I did get of it was via, uh, <laughs> via my brother's texting, which was mostly just about how annoyed you would be if you had a ticket for Chatrier today rather than a ticket for, for Longland. Um, and just how frustrating it is that, that Nishikori can be such a great and watchable tennis player and yet he always gets into these big matches and is just completely unable to to compete and it is, it's really annoying, David. It's really annoying. Let's it's be honest, of, I mean... It, I know he's it's doing his absolute best. It's impressive and frustrating at the same time, isn't it? It is. It's impressive that he gets there. It's impressive that he... He battles through what he does and, and fights against the odds. Although if Matt were here, he'd be saying, well, he only battles because he, he finds himself in battles that he shouldn't <laughs> need to be. But my brother's proposal proposal is that you just give Nishikori a special mini trophy for winning the first week and then you put a lucky loser through to the quarters. Everyone's a winner, David. Nishikori gets a trophy. <laughs> the spectators get a match. What do we think? What do we think? It, it's like... It's like the Everton Cup, isn't it, in the Premier League where, <laughs> you know, there's the top five and then there's, there's everybody else is, is competing for sixth place in the Premier League and, and that's the Everton Cup because they always finish sixth. Um, Everton so Cup for Kei Nishikori. The, the Nishikori Cup. That's what yeah. it's got to be called, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, we we'll might have to work on a few of the details, but there we are. Uh, I, I don't want to be too unkind to him because, I mean, I think the other no. thing is he was playing Nadal. But, but, it, it is but, a- but the thing is, you know, you know that Nishikori, at his very best, because we've seen it, can actually compete with these guys. He just can't do mm. it over best, best of five sets at the latter, age, at latter stages of a slam because of how much he's already expended to get there. Yeah. It, it just would have been nice to have seen him at his tip-top best and fresh as he could be to see, what, see how that would have got on. But, Simon, um, anyway. Simon Reid's words were, Nadal is through, he's beaten what's left of Kane Shikori, 6-1, 6-1, 6-3. I think that summed it up yeah. brilliantly. Meanwhile, Roger Federer beat Stan Wawrinka in four just wonderful sets of tennis. It wasn't at the level of Sitsipas. Um, Vavrinka a couple of days ago it never got quite as dramatic as that obviously it was over in four sets is that um, because they the, like one another too much poss- is that possibly. because there was Look, no spice well, oh I mean, god don't there's more that. announcements David the doors are closing there we go stadium gates closing to the public as oh, you right. were so okay well we better crack on then before Catherine <laughs> gets locked it's in a lo- the it's a lock in Okay, it's a it's a Roland Garros lock-in. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, look, I, I let's not forget Vavrinka is quite happy to mix it with anybody. Let's not forget what he and Federer fell out about at the ATP Finals a few years oh, ago. Oh yeah. Once he gets in the moment of a match, I think the friendship element kind of goes out the window. He's still that was Cedric Murray stirring the pot, though, wasn't it? Well, yes, I, I know it was, but but I don't think. 
I think Vavrinka, at the particular moment that he's playing, doesn't care for any of it. He just mm. cracks on and tries to win. Now, I think Federer's game causes him problems because it rushes him and mm. takes, takes his time away. And look, he, he must have been fatigued today. As, as, as wonderful a sort of sturdy athlete as he is, he, he must have been just a little bit short of spring versus a player who had been through in straight sets every day which is what Federer had been and Federer did play beautifully today even then though it was really close it felt close sturdy is like the most unglamorous adjective that has ever been used to describe an athlete yeah but it's apt (laughs) describe Stan Wawrinka in three words sturdy Uh, earthy (laughs) Earthy. Um, Uh, (laughs) uh, Agricultural. uh, (laughs) 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 I've I've used my three words. I mean, I've got nothing else. Nothing else left. But he is is also... (laughs) No, I'll try and rescue this. (laughs) He, he, He is also... Uh, he, he always makes me think of a number of superheroes <laughs> from the Marvel comics. <laughs> Is there an agricultural Marvel comic superhero that I should know about? Tractor Man. Polvolt, who is the most agri- agricultural <laughs> superhero? Uh, <laughs> do, you, do, you, okay. do you think... It's very late here, David. You can't hit me with here this. Hit me with this stuff. Do you think anyone's ever described Roger Federer as agricultural? Well, uh, he, he had that cow, didn't he? That, that's true. That's true. He did, and and, and uh, yes, I, I think there is. Remind a me what the cow was called. Uh, Juliet was the first one, <laughs> and then, then that one died, and then there were others. This is how many, this is how many years Roger Federer has been going at it. He's had a number of cows. It's like the Blue Peter, the Blue Peter pet. <laughs> He's outlived all of his cows. <laughs> so, anyway, I mean, I, we... I I went to the um, the Legends All Access Horror Show yesterday. I mean, it's wonderful to be able to, to be able to speak to a smorgasbord of legends, but the way in which it happens is soul destroying. <laughs> um, it's sort of just grab, grabbing at multiple Grand Slam champions and pulling them in your direction and trying to to um, <laughs> gain some kind of broadcastable material from them despite the, uh, the the ridiculous level of background noise and people walking across the shot in the background it's just it's just a nightmare but anyway um i was instructed i was sent there to 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 fo- with a focus on trying to get quotes on federer federer vavrinka and federer more generally and all the blokes i was getting quotes from were 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 either younger than him or his contemporaries you know james blake marit safin tommy haas <laughs> it's like it, like how ridiculous is it that he's still out there reaching the semi-finals of the i mean at the time it was the quarterfinals but what what must they think i don't know yeah. i mean it's just it it it's we've, we've said it all we've said it all before and yet it still bears repeating doesn't doesn't it it is ridiculous it's ridiculous what he's doing. Particularly the way he still plays and the, the way he still moves around like, like he's 19. And when you consider that in 1999, when he played his first French Open, all of the other 127 players 
that were in that draw have now retired. Well, I mean, one of them is Casper Rude's dad. <laughs> it's, it's getting ridiculous. Casper Rude, who he beat in the uh, what about three yeah. rounds ago? Oh, it, dear. it's it's bonkers. It's 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 nuts. And this is his this is his most successful Grand Slam for for nearly eighteen months since the Australian Open, twenty eighteen. And you know. Uh, a great line from Pat Cash in the Eurosport coverage just at the end there that I was listening to, and it, it takes me back to the Rafael Nadal story, the, the special podcast that we did just ahead of this tournament, still available for you to go and listen to if you'd like to listen to that. And Pat Cash was saying about Federer that a little bit like how we kind of look at Nadal's game as being designed to beat Federer. Now, I don't think it's not specifically aimed at doing that as such. It just happened to be put together in a way that was the perfect antidote to Roger Federer's skill set. Federer has redesigned his game, says Pat Cash, in order to beat Nadal. And I, I just think that that's so fascinating. And I really think it's true. Between him and Severin Luthi and particularly Ivan Lubicic coming on board, he's won five in a row, having been unable to... to to get, he was like twenty three ten behind. He's now twenty three fifteen behind. So, it, and 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 it's all builds from what we can see on this, just taking it to Nadal and just smashing his backhand as hard as he possibly can at Nadal and not not rallying with it. So, but this will be the first chance he's had to have a go at him on clay in that period. Oh my and, goodness! And you, and you know he's looking forward to it like a big kid, don't you? You just know it. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, do you need a do you need a night Matt, to think Matt about never that? Asked, Matt never asked me that, David. <laughs> well, you Where's were presenting. Matt? Where's Matt? <laughs> Not I'm sat, anymore. I'm, I'm sat across from an empty chair with 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 a sad <laughs> a sad lonely beer and somebody firing unanswerable questions at me. <laughs> I. I think that it's going to be a Federer Nadal clay court match, the like of which we've not seen before. All of their French Open matches, all five of them, have been four sets or less. Four of them have gone four sets. One of them has been straight sets. Nadal has won the, la- the lot of them. Um, this I, is think it'll be, I think it'll be at least four sets. Look, I'm picking Nadal. I, think, okay. I don't think it's going to be like, like Federer-Nadal clay court matches have been sort of most recently. I know we haven't had a particularly recent example, but the most recent ones we've had were very much in Nadal's favour. I think that it's going to be pretty different because I think new Federer hasn't played Nadal on clay. Mm. No, well, you're right. And and I tell you, one of the stat that I that I love, and I didn't realise this, I mean, Federer fans won't, won't love this, but th- this is a stat. Federer hasn't beaten Nadal from a set down for 12 years. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, and he's only done it twice in all of their matches. Well, he's so, going he's he's to win the first. set. He better win the first set, Rog. <laughs> yeah. He did win the first set. It, the other time that he won the first set was at Roland Garros. Uh, the second time they met, and he won the first set six-one, um, but then ended up losing in four. So, do you think Federer is? I mean, this feels absurd to say. Um, and maybe it'll all be cancelled out by the fact that this is Roland Garros and it's he's an 11-time champion. But do you think Federer is in Nadal's head a bit? The fact that Federer has won the last five, the fact that he once had such a hold over him and that feels like 
the tide is turned? I, I think he is in, he- in his head generally, but not there. Because I mm. think all of the Roland Garros memories will come back, all the clay court memories will come back to just negate the, the recency of, of that record. That, that's who, my feeling, who, and I think the Dow is playing so with? well too. Who will the crowd be with? Oh, the, I think they'll, they'll be very pro-Federer. Very yeah. pro Federer, bit. and it's nothing against Nadal, but I think I think that the, the French Open crowd over the years has become a little, a little. They've, they've start to suffer a bit of Nadal fatigue. He's won the thing eleven times, and yeah. I think if Nadal faces Djokovic, I think they cheer for Djokovic. Personally, it's look, it's not eighty twenty. I think we're talking sixty forty or fifty five forty five for Djokovic. Mm. I think for Federer and Nadal, I think you're looking at seventy five twenty five. Mm, yeah, I think you're probably right. And there's also the factor that, I mean, I think I feel this even more so now. I know I keep harping on about it, but the fact he's made the semifinals, the fact that every match from now on will be Chatrier, I, I really do think that more likely than not, this is the last time we'll see Federer here. I do. Mm. It'd be a great way to go out, as long as he's not thumped in for about the loss of four games oh. the way he was in 2008. 6-1, 6-3, 6-11. I, I, I struggle to see that. Honestly, I do. Me too. But I don't see that either. Yeah. Federer is, is actually a better player than he was then. Um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I've just been reminded of something by, by Twitter, which is that, uh, that we're thinking several rounds ahead here because Halep isn't even into the semis yet. She faces, faces Anisimovic Anna tomorrow. I'm really going to have to practice getting her name right. Um, Von Drusheva has beaten Halep the last time she last two times they played and do you remember that do you remember we referenced it on the pod actually the pre-tournament press conference that Halep did where she talked about her run on clay and she talked about losing to Von Drusheva in Rome and she said that thing about I don't count that I don't I don't count those losses to to Von Drusheva and I speculated about maybe it was because like in her head Von Drusheva is this sort of bogey player you know like Santoro and Safin I don't know I'm just I'm getting way ahead of myself and I'll stop mm. now very but, interesting though oh. but it, it it you know it I, so I much good like stuff every, still to come every matchup left in the I mean look frankly in both draws but de- in fact definitely in both draws every matchup left it's one of the all time really is really great yeah it's I think such so. a good French yeah. Open uh, okay let's have a look at the order of play for tomorrow and then you can go and get your latest um, cheese board uh, Philippe Chatrier although actually you seem to have been turned off cheese boards because of the one you got served up in the media cafe yesterday that one seems to have turned you um, I was I was served a paper thin crepe David a paper thin crepe with one slice of ham and so, you know when you, when you know when you go to the supermarket and you buy like one of those whole like wheels of goat's cheese. So paper thin crepe, <laughs> one slice of ham, and three entire wheels of goat's cheese, and then they sprinkled like some kind of cheddar on top of it. It was it was absolutely bananas. I didn't, I didn't know what. <laughs> They, they, and, and it was one of those, what they, to, call, they call it animation cooking, which is it's translated into English on the menu as show cooking, where they cook it before, they cook it in front of you. So I'm watching these three extravagant, I mean, I thought the first lump was pretty extravagant, and then she put another two of them in there, and I, I, I felt like she I was She heard your reputation. Being, I thought I was being pranked. It was, right. it was, it was nuts. 
Absolutely okay. nuts. This canteen nuts. Is, is a real was, low point. It was nuts and it was bananas, and frankly, she'd have loved to have lapped both of those up. Anyway, Simona Halep against, uh, I'm going to call, let's just call Anisimova, let's just call her the backhand. Okay? Uh, so, Simona yeah, Halep not, against. Not the interviewee, the backhand. No. Yeah. Simona Halep against the backhand on Philippe Chatrier Court at one o'clock local time, uh, Central European time, followed by Novak Djokovic against Alexander Zverev. Oh, I don't know. What do you Shall think? I give you a Matt Roberts-esque stat? Go on. There are only 80 players... There are, no, there are 80 players that have played Novak Djokovic five or more times and only one of them has a winning head-to-head. You spend your whole day on Twitter, so I'm sure you know who that is. I do. Go on, then. Andy Roddick. He's, he said on Twitter that that's, that's why he retired, in, in order to preserve that record. <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant Roddick line, yeah. But, uh, but that, it's pertinent because Zverev currently has a 2-2 two and two record against oh, Djokovic. That right? Oh, that's very interesting. All right. Well, OK, predictions in the newsletter then um, overnight uh, for Zverev and Djokovic. Uh, Longlan is starting with Madison Keys against Ash Barty. That's another just fascinating Yes, match. please. Yeah. You could call that both ways, couldn't you? So This is so irritating. These matches are on at the same time. Mm. Keys and Barty and Halep and Anisimova and then Djokovic and Zverev and then the second match on Longlan is team against Hatchinov. They're basically it- going to have to bring out a special kind of ball to withstand the hitting in that match. It bothers me that both the women's matches are on first, but uh, yeah, it's no surprise, but there it is. Mm. It's, a sh- it just, it's just a shame that we end up missing tennis uh, as a result of them all going at the same time. Uh, anyway, we should probably stop complaining because it's all pretty good still. Uh, Catherine, go and relax and uh, drink your beers and, and so forth. Anything else you need to tell us before you go? The party has subsided. Okay. I've I've right. podcasted right through the party and beyond. I'm awesome. ju- I'm literally just sat in an empty, empty cavernous room in the corner alone, with uh, the gates locked, with, <laughs> locked in, with a lonely beer, wonder- right. wondering what I what I did to Matt to make him abandon me. But I, I, I'm sure he's enjoying his nice clean clothes. Yes. Yeah. Finally. Um, I'm- Look, by the end at the end of this year, we're running our Kickstarter again, and one of the one of the goals will be to to be able to afford not only uh, laundry for for Matt Roberts, <laughs> but to be able to send him for the entirety but of the French be Open. Our, the headline of our campaign: year. pay pay for us to be able to to subsidise Matt's pant washing. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that, anyway, that's coming yeah, at the end of the year. Catchy. But for now, uh, this has been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and executive produced by TennisBalls.com with our uh, mascot, Rio, with a Y. Make sure you tell your mates and all your followers on Twitter and all your Facebook pals. And all, I don't even know the terminology, but these are the things I'm going to use to do. Facebook pals. You sound like <laughs> my grandpa, David. Yeah, Goodness yeah. me. Well, Get everybody to, 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 to follow the tennis podcast my... and start listening and join the club and, uh, and, and review us on iTunes. <laughs> we've got a club. I didn't even know we got a club. So then we've got a club. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.